everybody. Hey, this is Podcast. Right now, we're going to be doing some follow-ups and stuff and some more random thoughts and stuff on what goes on society. Um, dealing with a lot of stuff on what comes to um, I just had to put this out there because um, a couple days ago, I was happened earlier when I was on my drive from work. You know, I was in my car doing the normal drive from point A to point B. That's what I normally do. I go from one side of town to the other. I live in a urban, I live in a high non-urban environment area, more high Anglo fashion area, just you know, color issue. It's not like the hood of the ghetto like I used to But you know, and as I'm driving, I got I got I had this I just cop literally did a complete U turn and he drove behind me and just followed me. What he was doing was reading my place. But see the trick was I turned three times. And when I turned three times, and if he was still following me, I pulled over. That's what you're supposed to do. But I, I turned three times and he drove off. Because he got enough to read my plates, and my plates were good, and I was current. I had no warrants, no priors, no matches. But I just hear a lot of people talk about how they, how they, um, how they get pulled over by the police, the way they talk and harass. I mean, no matter how nice you are, and no matter what you say or do, it's just you're going to be harassed. If you're a person of color, you're going to be harassed. If you're a person like black or brown, woman, you're going to be harassed. Now, I did see one. I watched the video where this guy told this woman, and he literally said this to He said, "Oh, don't worry. You're not going to. I'm not going to shoot you because you're not the right color." And I was like, "Whoa." Oh, the guy lost his job or that. But see, that's in this systemic society, we have people that are in this good old boy syndrome where everybody's just, they they think it's okay to get away by saying things like that. And we allow it because the laws are in their favor. They're not in our favor, trust me. Laws are not in our favor, trust me. We have this thing called asset forfeiture. That's where people... Government, where the police department can seize your property, your house, your car, your jewelry, your money, and if you're found innocent, guess what? Try to try to squeeze water from the tournament. It's hard. Try to get the money back. You can't because they say it's an ongoing investigation. How long is that investigation? That depends on maybe like four or five years. And you lost out. You lost your car. You lost everything. Your house. Everything. That's called asset forfeiture. A lot of communities are doing that because the police departments are having a hard time paying overtime. So they need people to, it's like a, a melting pot, it's like a revolving door. It's like with the bail bond, bail industry. A bail bondsman will sit there and bail you out. But then you miss one, you miss one show up to their office. They're revoking your bonds and trying to have you arrested again. And then they say, oh, don't worry, we'll bail you back out. Just sign the papers. It's all about the money. They don't care nothing about you. They just care about the money. Because I watch those TV shows where you hear the bail bondsman sit there and say, that's $100,000. You got $100,000? No. 
know because they don't want to pay that. They rather have you sitting in jail instead of them getting that pay up that hundred grand. You know, it's a lucrative billion dollar industry and it's unregulated industry. You know, and that's how the society is. You know, and with the law enforcement and asset forfeiture, you know, more and more departments are just locking people up for no reason, petty crimes. Back in 1998, back in 1998, 97, 98, President William Jefferson Clinton signed the signed the 98 Crime Bill. 98 Crime Bill told police department three strike rules. You can actually go to jail, and you were locking people up because they were going to jail under the three strike rule, and people were just going to jail for petty stuff. You got a roach, which is like a like a joint of a marijuana, but it's the smallest end piece. You had a roach, you went to jail five years. A pinner, which is a toothpick size um, joint, you did twenty, you did fifteen years, and and people were just getting trumped up charges on them because cops were looking to make a cash cow, and they saw the way to generate funds for money, kicking in doors, stealing, robbing, looting. That's what they were doing. Under the '98 Crime Bill, that's when the police department started having these, creating these for-profit prisons. CCA, um, Corrections Corporation of America, one of the largest corporate, one of the largest um, for-profit prisons. And what they do is they hire COs, which is correction officers, at the bare minimum. It'll be 100 inmates to one CO. You need more than that. No radio, and he's paid maybe ten dollars an hour. No benefit, but he needs a job, so you take what you get. And some of these CEOs don't really care because they're just there to do a job, and they're just there to work. You know, and that's how people see it. They're not. They're not there to make any money. They're not there to care for you. Prison is not there to rehabilitate you. It's just there to cage you, like like a caged animal. You ever seen the movie The Hunger Games? That's how most prisons are. People in there, they don't care systemically. It's just everybody there is all following the revolving doors, and it's like everybody is not, you know, it's not building team building or anything. You know, they have like there's some like some farms, like some work farms are doing really good, but other work farms are doing terrible. You know, I I almost go visit a farm, and and they, it's Angola. Angola is in Louisiana. It's one of the premier farm, premier prison. Every inmate there gets a job. They work. I mean, they're not making a lot of money. They're making like ten cents an hour, fifteen cents an hour. The best job they have is working at working with the warden. That's fifty cents an hour. And that's what they make working with the warden, doing paperwork, or or you make a the one job that pays the most. I think they said there was a dollar ten an hour, and that's working at the call center. But you know that's prison work. You're like working for like some of the major, you know, catalog companies. People call in for complaints or orders or or like T-Mobile or Sprint customer service. Some of it might be outsourced at a prison. You never know, and that's how you know. See, and and that's how inmates there, and then inmates on that prison. And the weird thing about it is, Angola was a 
former slave plantation. Now it's a prison. And the inmates work on the plantation. They work on the prison by building, they, they crop their own food because all the food that the inmates eat, they grow it. And they have their own cattle. And um, the, the warden said that he wanted the inmates to be able to give back a job in society. So they now they, they farm their tills and everything. But in a sense, it's kind of like, you know, you look at that under the marking of, the, you know, the pilling of everything is, that's one prison out of a thousand of, you know, there's more prisons than there are universities and colleges. More universities and colleges are closing while new prisons are being built. You know, in other countries, we have the highest number of incarcerated people than any other country in the world. We incarcerate more people than anybody in the world. But people will say, well, we need to put them. No, we don't. We just need to do more comprehensive reform and we need to get rid of the 13th Amendment. That's the one thing I do say we should get rid of the 13th Amendment. That right there is another form of systemic slavery. It's the 13th Amendment. We should get rid of it. But, you know, everybody will say, oh, you don't understand. No, I do understand. We need to repeal that. Ratify it. Repeal it. We need to have it taken out. Do an amendment. Get rid of it. And then we need to go into the system that all these people in states where they decriminalize marijuana, need to release those people. I need to go back and redo, go back and review every case. You know, because there's a lot of people that are in jail that are innocent. You, you just got to look at all those cases. Case by, I don't care if I was, if I was president, I would, I will create a task force to go looking at all these prison cases. But see, they'll say it will cost you a lot of money. No, it won't. It won't cost me nothing. Because you know why? Because we'll have a lot of people that are doing it for free right now. We'll create innocent projects. You know, you have those state lotteries and stuff. We use that lottery money. Hey, boom, let's help these people out. Get these people, because a lot of people are sitting in jail that should not be there. And that's true, because there's a lot of people that are on death row. I knew there was a case where there was a guy that was on death row, and he was, they literally put the needle in him, and come to find out, he was innocent. And you know what they, you know what the excuse was? Oh, my bad, my mistake. And the family thought he was the one all along and come to find out he was They were like, all they could say is, I'm sorry. Or like we had that lady, the police officer. Because that's, that's one of the reasons we say when it comes to law, it's different. Laws are different with um, regular people, with police. Police officers adhere to a different kind of law than us. They protect themselves. Do you know that if a cop was to drive down the street drunk and get pulled over by another police officer, you know, he gets a courtesy ride home. He doesn't get a ticket. He doesn't go to jail or nothing. But let you or me drive down the street drunk. We get pulled over. We're getting a ticket. We're getting our license taken away from us. We're going to jail. We're getting just everything. We're getting a record. But let it be a cop. Oh, he gets a slap on the wrist. And that's kind of not fair that they can do that to themselves. Don't understand that one, but that's a different laws and they make their own rules. You know, like if a cop was to sit and doing domestic violence, you know what they do? You need the time, you need to go cool off. And you go, you go stay at one of your friends' house, one of your one of your boys' house, the sergeant, your lieutenant, 
and your wife can just cool. But let any one of us be in domestic violence. Somebody's going to jail. I'm not coming here. That's what a cop will say. I'm not coming here. Somebody's going to jail. So remember, know your rights. Know the law. And that will protect you. It's true. If you know your laws, cops cannot harass you. And you will not go to jail if you know your rights. You got to be able to speak up. Hey, I don't care. You ain't got to be scared of the law. You ain't got to be scared of them. You just got to know your rights. And if you're driving, get a dash cam. Um, a dash cam will protect you because you need to record your whole interactions with the cop. Because if you don't record, it's your word versus theirs when you get pulled over. You're driving down the road, a cop pulls you over, and all of a sudden, he says, um, I smell marijuana. But you don't smoke marijuana. Good example. Or, I smell alcohol, but you don't drink alcohol. It's, it's your word versus his. And in court, the laws favor the police more than they favor you. So they will say, well, um, I got to believe the officer. He has a fine, distinguished record. But if you go, well, your honor, take a look at my dash cam. Click, 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 boom. I have a dash cam and I recorded the conversation what we had. <gasps> oh, officer. Oh, he lied. And then you turn around and hit that lawyer. My lawyer wants to hit a lawsuit. I want to sue that officer for $5 million. Then you turn around and while you're suing that officer, you need to sue his union. See, see, if you're going to be talking with the police department, talking about suing the city and stuff, don't sue the city. You need to sue his union because all police officers are a part of a union. And when you hit him where it hurts his pension, hit him where he's going to retire, hit that pension, Hit his hit his hit his benefits and stuff. Then they'll think about twice before doing anything. Got to get them where it hurts. Okay, you know you got to get them right where it hurts in their pocket. That's how you do that. And because I know a lot of cases, I you know I've seen a lot of cases. I did some research and I read where a police officer did a uh, did a case and he got off free. He got off scot free because you know why? The law backed him. And the laws protected him because he was in the right. Because he did an accidental, they said it was an accidental shooting. He incidentally, accidentally shot someone. You know? And that's it. You know? Yes, so, and that's how it happened. So, when the police did all that, they just took him away. You know? And, um... And that's what it is. So, you know, listen, I'm telling you right now, so I got to go. Yeah, I got to go take care of some, I got to go pay some bills. But remember that if you ever get driving and you get pulled over by the police, know your rights, know the law, and make sure you know what's right and protect yourself. Get a dash cam, all right? This is JR with I Got Your Six Podcast. I'll talk to you later, all right? All right.